Hey everybody, hey, it's Danny. Hey guys, it's Straya, and you're listening to another episode of Spin the Bottle featuring Brandon Alexander of New Age Gents. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Whiskey and Wine. Or Wine and Whiskey, but you already knew that. on the final episode of wine and whiskey we've been talking about the love the relationships and we're just so happy that you guys are still around cheers to you it's been hella dope so we've been having so much fun but ladies what's been your favorite part so far i would have to say it was the sex episode where we all drank a little too much whiskey that was hella fun <laughs> Hella is the word of the day. Hella by the way. is the word. Hella of the is day. the word of the day. I would say my favorite was when Jared got to come from behind the board and in front of the mic. Mm. That was fun. Mine would have to be thirty minutes ago when I saw this man after five years, five plus years, and I cried and I didn't know why. As he sips, so it's good seeing Dominique Kelly here in the studio today. But that was my favorite part of uh, the summer series. We love Dominique Kelly. He's only been here for about an hour. And but he's our new favorite person. We've adopted him. <laughs> tell Yay. us tell us about your friend. Brandon has invited Dominique to the show for a special talk tonight. So about t- almost, well, I would say roughly about eight years ago, um, we did a job together for a friend of ours, Trey Rich. And uh, I was this young, annoying kid um, in rehearsals. And there was a very mature older black man who put me in check real quick in a loving way. Almost every <laughs> rehearsal. Check him one time. And it wasn't just my personality, it was like also my dancing. You know, he taught me how to open my body up and I didn't have any background or technical training. It was just like, he would teach me things, you know? Uh, I remember him actually taking me to a side of the room and we worked on other techniques like ballet and contemporary and like me working on my leg or stretching my body out or getting my lines right. Because I w- I'd watch him dance. He had other parts of choreography that I-, I wasn't in. Like there were things I couldn't do that he could do. And um, he would teach me and kind of like pull me to the side and be like, here's how you do it. And we slowly built a relationship from that. And so it left from after the job, after rehearsals to like something just told me to hit him up one night. I was going through a rough breakup. And I was a real angry young man, and I had a lot of things going on in life. And um, we were going these long walks, like an hour walk, and we would talk about everything. And he would really peel back these layers of my thinking, right? Like how I saw the relationship, how I saw like love. And I tried to tell myself like not to get emotional because I was like, I've already cried once before. But he peeled these layers back, and there there was a stigma behind a black gay man and the how like how vulnerable can you be with him how close can I let him get to me do you know what I'm saying growing up in a southern church coming from a very conservative way of thinking he's the last person that I thought I could trust with my brokenness and my mess and he was the best person that I could that I could that I could share my brokenness and my mess with because he like because he loved me through all of that and when nobody else was answering the phone when nobody else was answering a text message when nobody else was coming through if he was leaving rehearsal he'd be like B I'll be there in 20 minutes let's go get something to eat I'll feed you and now he's here tonight that's the best introduction I've ever heard I feel 
I feel, I feel a little emotional here. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dominique, welcome. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, friends. Quite the intro. Um, before we get started with the show, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm clearly friends with Brandon. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm originally from Connecticut. I like to dub myself as the bougie black boy from Connecticut. And um, I've been in the industry for about 25 years now. Wow. Yeah, dancer, choreographer, acting, singing, all that good stuff. But most importantly, I just try to be a good person. Sounds you know? like you're nailing it. You know, you're doing a good Doesn't job. Doesn't happen all the time, but you know, you only get paid for the effort. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. So we're going to, let's jump into our word of the day. And then we're going to get this show started. Today's word of the day is intransigent. It's an adjective that means refusing to agree or compromise. Inflexible. I, I feel like this was me at a certain point in my life. And it's someone who doesn't want to change um, to fit your ideals or expectations. That's exactly it. Okay, guys, it's time to spin. Now, normally we have new topics on the wheel every episode, but since we're doing one spin this time, we decided to keep the wheel the same for the entirety of our series. And because this is our last episode in this series, we have one topic left, which is... Do-over. So, these are the things that we would do over or recant if we had another chance. Listen. Do tell. I mean, I don't have one. I'm going to pass it to Dom. (laughs) I don't even want to get too deep, but I've been like, oh, a do-over. Not to get too deep and too like, woe is me, like victim, but (laughs) I wish there's this one gentleman in college that I did not date. Mm. Um, And I don't really have regrets. You know how people are like, you either you win or you learn. Well, I definitely learned Mm. because I was sexually assaulted. And, you know, most people, you you don't talk about it. You're not a victim, yada, yada, yada. But Mm -hmm. it really does mess with you a little bit. And you know how everybody has that something in their stomach to be like, don't really mess with them. I should have listened to that. So it just taught me to really listen and connect with that that inner voice and if that inner voice gives you the middle finger then so be it yeah Mm. gotta go do you have one you know back in the day i went through a phase where i was wearing a lot of um frosted purple lipstick (laughs) girl yes on hindsight listen it wasn't it wasn't the best but weren't you fly in the moment uh, yes and no. Every time I look at the pictures <laughs> yes back no. now, I'm like, oh my God. Right. Please like, tell is me. that a frosted lilac? Like, what exactly was happening on your mouth? I don't know. I thought it was really cute then. Yeah. But if I had to do it over again, you would. Hard pass. Please tell me you matched that with like the white of eyeshadow. Course. Or like, of course. Yep. Because it's that's what has to happen. Oh, it was my springtime 90s look. I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> So we've talked about all the things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the things. Sex, dating, intimacy, marriage. It's It's been a ride. Yeah. And we've kind of touched on some of our favorite parts, but do we have any takeaways from our previous episodes? I feel like our takeaway is always be real with yourself. Know yourself. But I love the sex episode, especially because we talked about mm. acknowledging your sexual personality yeah and not putting it underneath the bed or in the closet or just 
trying to deny that part of yourself like it is something that needs to be nurtured as well I thought that was really cool I think for me Jared said something that was bomb and um it was about how no matter how strong or how powerful you are you can't change the person you're with and I was like that's a good takeaway for anybody who thinks well I've got I've got this I've got that they love me I've got this personality of course those change I can make them better I can make them want to work out more go on more hikes make them eat healthy go vegan watch what the hell if I can make them change but you can't they have to make that choice for themselves so that's my my takeaway from the episodes I think my biggest takeaway was on the intimacy episode. Mm -hmm. I realized that I really do have some limiting beliefs around my romantic relationships. And I remember that. um, It was, even though I knew it, like talking through it was a little bit of an aha moment for me. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Just to acknowledge it, to know that it's there and to be able to move in a more proactive way around it. Yeah. So tonight we're going to talk about all of that again. Except it's going to be from an LGBTQ plus perspective. Did we get that right? Yes, LGBTQ plus. Team token. Yep. <laughs> 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 and, and just let the record show, you know, Dominic, he, he represents one voice and he represents his voice. And he's really been gracious enough to share his perspectives and answers and any probing questions about sex, dating, marriage, intimacy, and more. So we're very grateful that you're I'm here. Happy Welcome to, be here. to this conversation. Listen, it's about to be straight fire. Let's do it. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about what you said in your do-over? Sure. sure. Oh, wow. You dive in. You said he would want to go goes. deep. Now she's like, but actually, we're going to go swimming. <laughs> you just... Is already the deepest episode that we've had this far. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Which is which is good. welcome. Yeah, like, good. <laughs> and and in part and just talk a little bit more about why I mean you can't do that over. So how have you been how have you been dealing with it and how have you been growing mm. from that moment? Um it's been very interesting because uh at the university I attended, I was an RA I knew about rape crisis. I knew about all of that. I knew how to handle it with other people, but I didn't know how to handle it when it happened to me. And the worst part about it was a friend I was staying with, she told me I was a liar because she didn't hear me screaming and like, why didn't you fight off and why didn't you do all those other things? And I think it's a misnomer that um, just in real life, what you think you're going to do and what you actually do in the moment are two totally different things. Yeah, wow. like that. And um, it didn't really hit me until I talked to one of my close friends about it. And I saw literally a single tear come down her face. And that's when I knew like, oh, I know what happened. Mm. And um, not thank God, but he left me a voice message saying like, well, I didn't stop when, you know, when I was supposed to, but I did eventually. And I reported him to the cops and I had that voicemail to play for them. And they asked me, did I want to press charges? And I was like, you know what? No, I just want to be healthy. I just want to be happy. And I took a month away from life and came to L.A. Ironically, and it was in uh, 2003. So um, I won't necessarily claim myself as like a survivor or a victim or anything. It's just something that does happen that people need to talk about. It doesn't necessarily only happen to women right it happens in a dating atmosphere also yeah and um i think it's just shedding light on that and being okay with being like that was a bad choice but i think uh just to wrap this up what i think kind of hurt me the most was my mother couldn't understand Mm. she was just like 
well, didn't you protect yourself? Didn't this? Didn't this happen? And then that's when I realized that's what blaming the victim kind of is. Right. Yeah. Because it's like right. there was nothing that I could. I took every precaution. You know what I mean? Like it, nothing was supposed to happen. So I just try to be an advocate for people, you know, to speak openly and honestly about things that have happened in their life. That's awesome. And it's it's important, you know, whether whether you're a male or female, because we have covered a lot of things. We have not talked about abuse necessarily and not that we're going to get too deep into that. But there are at, at any given time in physical interactions with another person, doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, it does not matter. Um your partner has the right to say no at any time mm-hmm. and yeah. stop mm-hmm. at yeah, any time. Absolutely. Yep. And I think a lot of people feel like, well, if you get started, then you get started and mm-hmm. you're provoking it, mm-hmm. right? But you can get started and decide not to continue forward. And the minute someone sure. says like, hey, no more, or hey, stop, or no, I'm not comfortable, or any like level that indicates that they're sure. not consenting to what's yeah. getting ready to happen next, there's a problem. Yeah. Whether that be a woman totally forcing herself on a man, or vice versa, like it can happen in a multitude of different ways. Yeah, flag so, on the play. Yeah, period. Mm-hmm. And I think I think conversations like this just open people up to be more compassionate and understanding. I think we start like a lot of people just put things in boxes, like oh he's gay. Like that doesn't that doesn't mean it's the same thing that happened to a girl, right? Like he's a man, he should have fought her sure, off, sure. or whatever the case may be. And I'm like, no, you got to look at this. Like this is a person doing something to somebody that doesn't want it to happen. Yep. So stop trying to put it into these boxes and don't try and make her situation worse than his or his situation worse than her. It's just like it is what it is. Like you need to back the hell up. Period. You shouldn't. Have, you know what I'm saying for the person that's being the mm-hmm. aggressor. It's a violation either way. It's a yeah, violation it's a either violation. way. And so I, I've started to really become more compassionate to just any situation. So I don't just think about it in the sense of like, oh, she's a girl, or oh, he's gay, or oh, she's a. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It changes the whole perspective uh, for ev- for everything. Mm-hmm. It's called empathy. Yeah. Yes. And it's mm-hmm. it's so key right now. Like a lot of people, I feel like they lack that empathy and understanding because they want to stick to what they know was comfortable. Yep. I agree with you, Brandon. Um, One of the things we talked about in the very beginning, we kind of opened the show with, or the series with dating and different types of people that you might encounter. Um, (laughs) And it got, it was, it's really funny because we went through all these different types of people that you might encounter on the playing field. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, your date you are with somebody now yes i am right? but what was your <laughs> dating taken. experience like before you guys got together uh it was bad <laughs> it was just really bad i i wouldn't even say i kissed a lot of frogs i would just say this though um i'm very happy that people feel comfortable around me but the problem is the guys were usually um Either heteroflexible is what I like to say. Heteroflexible. Heteroflexible. What is that? Meaning they identify as straight, but with me they're extremely comfortable. And I'm not one of those guys that's just like I can turn anybody. Like it's just it's not that. It's more like a catch and release program. But before (laughs) are the worst. But before (laughs) him, no. And I told him he knows this. I was just like there was a lot of guys who were super comfortable and wanted to explore. And I compare that to driving a Ferrari down a dead end street. After a while, you're going to have to stop anyway. So emotionally, it would just not go anywhere. And that was like a lot of the dating. And then not only that, just like dating in L.A., it's really hard. It's kind of hard. Just going to throw it out there. Yeah. It's really interesting. Did you do online dating? Um, I met my boyfriend through Tinder. 
Mm-hmm. But I did do online dating before. And it's funny because when you're younger and you feel like, you know, your booty's high, you have packs, like you should be able to easily <laughs> find somebody anywhere, or go to a bar. But I'm like, if I'm working all the time and I'm not a bar person, where do you meet somebody? Mm. Yeah. We're yeah, driving in cars. We don't necessarily have that interaction. Right. You know, and right. then not only that, it's just like, oh, I'm going to meet you at the flea market, like right. at the movies. No, it's true. no, sir. Bag bag. I'm telling you guys, I think Tinder's gotten a little bit of a bad rap. For the breeders, it's different. It's a hookup app for the breeders, but for the gays, what are the breeders? I'm sorry, straight people. Straight people would call ah. them breeders. Yeah, I'm telling you, I haven't had anybody come at me crazy on Tinder. I haven't been on it a bit, but hmm. I haven't. And our friends, um, Joel and Leah, oh yeah, met on Tinder. Tinder. Like we know yeah. people who met on Tinder. Three years married, strong. Three years strong. I mean, I'm gonna say the majority, right? We're talking about yeah, a maybe. very small case of, of okay, people, sure, right? That are like. But online dating and all in in reality, like just across the board, sure, not necessarily the method. It's making a real. It is like, it's it's becoming pretty significant and for I, a lot I don't, of people. I personally don't knock it. I, it's just not for me. Sure, mm-hmm. I would rather a more face to face, organic. Maybe a mutual friend introduces us at a party, or I meet you out at an event kind of situation where it's kind of spontaneous in a sense. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Instead of I've been swiping, I like your pictures. And then now we start dating, and I've been DMing Fair. you for me, Fair. right? Yeah. So if somebody finds love, if you find you found love, you know what I'm saying through Tinder, then that's what it is. What it is. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it is just for hooking up, even though it's become it's been deemed the as the smashing hookup app, app, the smashing yep. app, yeah. the hookup yep. app. But one of the convers- one of the conversations we first had when we were like when when I first met him, he made he was like, a lot of men think because I'm gay, I want them, like straight men. Yes, and he's like, "Why? Like that's so arrogant for you to think because like you're not, you know what I'm saying? Like if I want you, I want you, but that doesn't mean just because I'm gay doesn't mean I want you just yeah. because you're another man. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I did my for some reason my brain could not like compute for a second because it's like you're not that fly. Calm down. Ca- exactly. It's, no, it really is the height of arrogance, and that goes the same with women. Like I have friends who are lesbians, and and um. I'm never. I've never been uncomfortable yeah. in in settings with homosexual people at all. Yeah, it's, it's and that's for many reasons. But I grew sure. up in LA. I've had a very different world. Like it's just it's yeah. not an issue for me. It never really has been. Yeah. But the, even some of my friends that I know, um, it's it's the same thing where it's like, okay, if you're a girl and you like girls, then you must like me. No. <laughs> like, right. Just, you just, just one plus one equals. <laughs> Five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Like, Carry the one. And you just jumped. I'm like, how did you get to five? It's, it's no different than that woman yeah. who assumes every man wants her. Right. It's like, why would you make right. that assumption? That yes. everybody. That but everybody wants you. Do you think you? that's because there's some fear and uh, and a little bit of like not knowing the I guess the gay experience that causes people to think that way? Masculinity is so fragile. Ma- it's the yeah. most fragile thing. Ever and you just any took that turn. You definitely took that turn. You took the keys. You took the wheel, and you just was like, "No, for real, it is. It's so fragile. <laughs> so like any at any moment that I mean, we also tie everything into ego too. Yeah. So it's just like, well, at least if I say that, you know, everybody likes me, it gets me off the hook. So hmm. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. And it took. And honestly, like, there was a filter. There was like a very like judgmental, like. Like so many things I had, the way I I, get, I saw him through, like he's a you know he's he's a black gay man, he's this, he's that, he's all these things, and when I started to see him as a person, and I removed that filter, 
the whatever I thought, whatever my assumptions were, completely disappeared. And I was like, yo, this is this is my boy. I'm I'm curious, um, Dominique, I know this is kind of a very broad question, but what do you think are some of the biggest um, misnomers or spirit or stereotypes that people have about gay men? Oh, there are so many. I know there are. There's so many. Which, um Go ahead. I, I think that. one is that when you see two men together, that who is supposed to be the woman, and I think that's a very like heteronormative way to look at it. It's like they're both men. Like with my boyfriend and I, sometimes I hold the door for him, sometimes he holds the door for mm. me. And then we, you know, of course that goes into so much intersectionality and big words about like gender roles and this and that. <laughs> and I think that's the misnomer that one has to fit a certain gender role in the one and somebody else has to fit another. Right. Um, of course, you know, when it comes to masculinity and femininity, like he cooks, he bakes, I dance. He likes to drink beer and play beer pong. I like to play football and basketball. Like we both like to watch sports. Like he wins his fantasy football league. Like it turns into what makes you a man. And I think yeah. that's the that's the the question. Like what makes you a man? Right. You know, and what you define as manhood and somebody taking your manhood and and all this other all that other stuff. I think it's tied to a lot of issues. And I think that's the main thing when it comes to like thinking about what two men do in the privacy of their own home. It's like it has nothing to deal to do with you because I'm not worried about what you do. An incredibly um, and going to the bedroom part of things it is it's very interesting because there are certain things that a heterosexual like I would never as a heterosexual woman be asked like what happens with me and my man in the bedroom. Exactly. People feel very comfortable asking like homosexual couples mm-hmm. particularly gay men yeah oh, like absolutely. what bunk what like bunk who's doing on? what mm-hmm. who's, like, oh who's yes take, like okay ha- yeah. like so I, who's the top the, who's the, the bottom aud- yeah, yeah that's, i've like, heard that the audacity oh. of that what is question that? What, what is, is why do you think that is i don't know but i think it's the need for people people need to quantify things and mm-hmm. have oh, things in a box so you need to understand yep. roles you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like who's the more feminine one who's exactly the, and not every gay couple is going to have an like an effeminate man and a, you know what i mean it's, but there's these there's these stereotypes that fuel and then it's ignorance and then it's curiosity but and it's things, even within the community too i mean like there's very there's roles like if you're a top you're supposed to be masculine and manly and if you're a bottom you're supposed to be super passive and submissive you know so it's just like it position exactly so it it goes back to that not only that like you know people like what they like and some couples don't even have sex so it's like where do you put them so my Mm. question is this because i feel like the word masculinity keeps coming up how do you define masculinity like what's that look like to you um in a way masculinity is I, I kind of quantify that as the way you naturally behave because mm. you, it's kind of a construct if you think about it, okay. like masculinity and femininity. And of course, we see femininity as something bad and masculinity as something good. Mm-hmm. So I think that kind of plays into our roles, especially in the bedroom. Like, yeah. you know, basically it's just a misnomer that like all bottoms are feminine and then catty and bossy and all tops are, you know, super like uh, extra masculine like sports and wear Tim's and things like that. So I think uh, <laughs> ironically, so funny. I know like super, super bro-y. So um, <laughs> I think it kind of lends to that. Because really, I mean, you know, what I'm doing with New Age Gents is 
redefining the paradigm behind masculinity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think you've challenged my own thought process behind masculinity because the 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 um, antiquated idea sure. of masculinity um, does not lend to your lifestyle. Yeah, and is not is not you know it doesn't champion it. It doesn't champion someone even not doing what typical man things do. You know, we've got movies like Moonlight that have come out and we've had, you know, other movies where it shows these men, two men who are one's not feminine that love each other. Yeah. And there is no role. There is no gender role. Mm -hmm. Um and I think my question more so is from from your perspective, but I don't think masculinity changes because of your sexual preference. So if we're gonna redefine masculinity is for all men. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, and that's mm -hmm. really, that's what I really want to unpack yeah. is what do you see what do you see as the like what are some things we can work on in society with the paradigm and the way we look at masculinity um well it's really hard because from birth we've we've been taught so many things yeah we see so many things on tv our interactions like all of that stuff based on like what toy you, you you play with right mm -hmm. like how you dress the colors like because yep. I studied color genics in college which was very interesting how colors play you know a role in the, the way we're brought up blue, also purple pink yes. green what did you pick did you like pink more than blue exactly right exactly so I think um it's hard it's hard every day to try to smash that but as a feminist myself I try to think about if a woman did this or said this come on then come on how would it be right how would it be you have to flip that in every situation like right if a woman did this or if a woman said this or how would she be treated and i think that's kind of how you shift mm. the paradigm in thinking and because you know you you go on instagram and you see a lot of guys and they're talking about fitness and looking at my abs but that's not where the camera is placed you know mm -hmm. what i mean so yep. in certain moments like that i'm like well just think if that was a woman what how would she, would she be, be called out right. you know what i mean yep. yeah. right. she'd be thought the of as a thought but that, it doesn't happen for guys yeah. right do you, you consider know? yourself to be an activist um i would love to say i am but i'm not okay i mean i wish i publicly like went out and did way more mm -hmm. i feel like my activism is by speaking and helping other people and talking to people yeah. and trying to change the environment around and just challenging I don't even like to call it playing devil's advocate. I just like to ask the questions. Like, I try to be like my Angelou was to Oprah. Mm. Like, that is my goal. That's like, if I can be that person as somebody, <laughs> then, you know what I mean? Then yeah. it, it changes your thinking. As you see, like, we all rub off on each other. Right. And then you change your thinking, then that helps somebody else. Right. It's interesting um, what you were saying about one of the things we talked about in the sex episode was how women are generally not given the freedom mm -hmm. to have a full expression of their sexuality mm -hmm. yeah. and onus of it. It's generally mm -hmm. very much wrapped up in um, pleasing a man, being attractive for a man. Mm -hmm. um, he's going to be the really hot and horny one and he's going to want you all the time and right. you're going to have a headache or it's going to be a drag. But or you're tired all the this, time. Or you're tired you're all right. the time. You've got you know, the babies. You've been cleaning right. the home. Yeah. You've been working. So it's one of the things we talked right. about but I think it's so interesting just thinking about, you know, women aren't given certain graces but then with the level of us being able to express emotion we're given a full full range full range, full range. Yeah. whereas I'm coming to realize more and more and I have been a part of the problem in the past with this but just with men um, you guys not having the length and breadth to adequately like display 
the full range of emotion. Like I can sit here in front of you guys right now if I want to and cry and say, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm just feeling really emotional and that's totally fine. Right. One of you guys do that and it's like a like, Ooh, what what what's happening, happening here? over there? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm really interested and this doesn't have anything to do with um being gay or straight, but just your thoughts on, on men and masculinity and being able to express emotion. Listen. Your thoughts Listen. on that. So I'll go two two routes. One, um uh basically I was watching something and it was about trans, trans uh members, uh people who identify with being trans, clearly. And um when female to male were taking uh, testosterone, they started feeling like I'm rageful and I'm horny and I don't know why. Mm. And it's funny when a lot of male to female were taking um, estrogen, like a l- become a little more a little more emotional. So I know like there's scientific and natural things about testosterone and estrogen. We all get that, sure. right? Mm-hmm. But sure. at the end of the day. Um, you have to figure out is it nature versus nurture like are you allowed to express the full range of Mm. your emotions Mm -hmm. because i was a sensitive child like if i didn't win or if something happened i cried Mm -hmm. i didn't necessarily cry in front of people all the time but i definitely cried i had a moment and um i think it's our upbringing it's just like are you allowed to experience i mean within reason because you know if you're all of a sudden just crying all the time that's yeah. not necessarily we always the best. Have, yeah no, male wanna, or female we have a on that that point. but <laughs> you do see that with little boys all the time where it's like a little girl falls and scrapes herself or hurts herself and everybody's like cry. running to coddle her yes. you watch yeah. a boy fall down and hurt himself and at a certain age you're it's okay. like no, no no you're, you're okay yeah. stop that crying yeah. like it's you know so i think his wis- he passes wisdom down to me because i remember going through this breakup some of the conversations became repetitive and he would tell me listen this isn't we're not moving forward so after a while i'm not going to be able to hear this same conversation over and over and over again either you make a choice or a decision and it was very clear huh i was mean no that wasn't mean (laughs) no no no, it helped me it helped me it helped me in a major way because i remember thinking i want i don't want my friend to feel like I'm wasting his time or draining him because I know this person's not good for me. So why am I continuing to put myself through this, you know, perpetuating this this cycle of a toxic relationship? If I know it's not good for me, he made me make a choice, and which I think is part of maturity is being decisive mm-hmm. on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Either you want to keep something bad in your life and know that it's going to keep producing this, but no, if you keep having the same outcome, because I would always be angry. I would vent to him for like 30 minutes, and I think at one point one night he was just over it. <laughs> Like, I, I promise you, we were walking. He's like, I'm just tired of hearing about her. Like, can we let's talk about something else. And I remember in that moment, like, she's not good for me yeah. if this continues to be the pattern and this continues to be the outcome and this continues to be re- the result and the emotion she produces in me is anger, frustration, uh, feeling betrayed, not having trust. And in that moment of, of him being honest with me, I understood, okay, I need to be decisive and sure about what I want and knowing that, like, what's more valuable, a friend that's been there for me through the whole process or this person that keeps pissing me off and doing things that I know is going to hurt me? What's more valuable? Mm -hmm. And you got to weigh it, right? And I think he he went away for a little while and in him going away, then I had the wake-up call of like, all right, but sometimes I think people need that. It's not a masculinity thing. It's not a, it's just maturity and understanding that you need to make a decision, like it's not good to be floating in the in between. And sometimes it's good not to go to your girls or not to go to your bros because they will tell you something that you want to hear. You want to hear. Instead of being like, look, think about her side or you have to live your best life. Right. That's it. Yeah. I just right. want you to be be better. Be better. And life. that's 
that's that he always would say to me that I just want you to be better. We would always leave with that. Like I didn't I didn't have this conversation with you to feel small or I didn't have this conversation with you to feel bad about yourself or whatever. He would always I just want you to be better. Mm-hmm. And then we could have talks later. We talked, I mean, maybe like 2 3 months ago. Yeah. I called you. Mm-hmm. One of the best conversations. He said I enjoy talking to you as a mature man, mm-hmm. but I'm going to keep like he kept challenging me, but it was like real discreet. And he's like, no, I just want to challenge that thought because it sounds, it can still slide into this like either it's like judgmental or you're not looking at it from the other side. And he would always pose the opposition or the, the, the opposing question to my what my thought process was. Mm-hmm. And it helped me open up because I wouldn't see it her way. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And for him to be able to do that automatically was like mind blowing for me. Like to me, if he decided to marry a woman, like he'd be the best husband she would have like no complaints because he knows I've seen him be able, or so I think, take that back. Him in a relationship, he's a great person in a relationship because of his his ability to see his side and then that person's side as well and how it makes them feel and then communicates to them in a healthy way. Cool. See, Thanks, see I caught him. myself before I even- Yes, I was just I like- I was like, he's about like, to challenge that thought. You see, I was about to be like, so, uh, so uh, I was ready for it right, too. but that's the I whole point, like, though. That's, that's the whole point. I, I was and that's, ready for yeah. it. That's so good. And it's just natural now. It's a. It's become a part of my natural thought process. I just that was a really awesome moment. I He's grown. So uh, I want to make sure that I position this correctly. So there's a there's a sentiment from a lot of people um, that as our society moves forward and more in more tolerance and more understanding that certain things and I'm saying this in air quotes but like mm-hmm. the gay agenda mm-hmm. whatever that may be is being like shoved down pe- people's throats if you will that um, I wish there was an agenda I wouldn't know what I'm <laughs> supposed to do every day <laughs> wake up <laughs> be um, gay <laughs> it's being shoved down people's throats and so you're seeing more things. I mean, it's very small things, but um, so like in, I don't know if you saw the live action Beauty and the Beast. No, I haven't you seen see? it yet. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, Gaston's little sidekick, I guess there was like an allusion to the fact that he was gay. Uh, yes. There was obviously no yeah. contact, but there's little things where it's like, okay, what, where, why do you think people think um, or feel that like you can like catch being gay if that make, makes sense or like it can just rub off on you it's the like if you're around yeah. like if you're around too many gay people my kid's right. gonna be gay gonna or be somebody's gay. gonna catch it right. and it's like what are your thoughts on that i'm not trying to be funny but it is no, a I real know. I yeah. just, it's, just, it's a it's real feeling well, the, and not. fear and sentiment and i'm wondering what your thoughts are well the real that. read is straight people have gay kids <laughs> so i mean it, it is what it is but um that's actually so true it's it's, it's just fear of the unknown that's all it is and yeah. just grouping people and labeling because we love labels um i think the whole gay agenda thing i mean i'm happy that there's been visibility but if you think about it there's been gay characters in everything since the dawn of time yeah. i mean yeah. look at cartoons look at jafar jafar was a lady like did, <laughs> like you know what i mean if you look at a lot of our villains i mean gays weren't portrayed in the best way but they're always around i thought about scar Scar was a lady. Scar was just like... Look at Ursula. He's so dramatic. Ursula. You know what I mean? Like, look so at uh, so many characters yeah. throughout the dawn of time. Um, I think, uh, well, those same people will probably say something about the black agenda or the Latino agenda or the trans agenda or the disabled agenda. Yeah. At what point are you just going to go, let me listen to their point of view, at least for two seconds, at least. Because, you know, even uh, being, being black, sometimes I go and I sit back and I'm like, oh... 
people who don't want to hear about our problems oh i understand how they feel like oh this again i'm supposed to be made to feel this way but it's like it's not making you feel uncomfortable why don't you just open up and Mm. listen to it like when when men get mad that women are talking about the issues that they have you can't get mad sit there and listen sit Sit and and listen listen. you can't be offended if you have offended someone and that's how i always you know like Mm. to lead i'm like let me sit there and and listen and i think it's the problem is in the listening we all want to talk we all want to scream we all want to type and sometimes if you just literally have that and go oh that's how you feel oh i okay i get it from that point of view because at the end of the day, it's about representation. That's what we want in Congress. That's what we want in life. That's what we want in our religion. That's what we want everything. We just want to count and matter, know that we're individuals, part of a great collective that has a voice and that loves one another and that is a powerful force. And I think everybody wants that. So when you see somebody who looks like you or who loves like you or who talks like you, then that's better because you know, not everything is for other people. Sometimes it's for you to mobilize your own forces, just like us being here tonight. Yeah. It's true. I think listening is part of it, but I think it's also just the acknowledgement. So many times you have people who aren't, they may say that they're listening or they may hear your point of view, but they're not willing to acknowledge that your feelings and your thoughts are Mm -hmm. valid. And I feel like that's just an important key. And I think you've kind of touched on the idea that empathy is a it's so needed and yet we don't really have any of it right and it's hard to it's hard to teach empathy but i do think that it's something that needs to be done yes i don't know who's gonna do it i feel like you're doing i think that's like a little piece of your activism when you're talking to friends Mm -hmm. um and educating them and challenging their thoughts and that's something that i'm going to try to do myself Mm -hmm. it's just because i i hear stuff all the time questions are powerful they and just to let people sit in it Mm -hmm. and you know because it's no judgment you just ask the question yeah I really like that I like that a lot um you've kind of talked about well Brandon made me think about this when you talked about the girlfriend or the relationship and we had an episode about marriage and just um the intimacy that happens in marriage how are you and your partner like what are the ways that you guys make sure that you are connecting Mm. We're not necessarily phone people, like talk all the time. And I travel, he travels. So we just make sure he's literally the only one in my life that I talk to every day besides Jesus. I mean, I don't talk to any. I don't even talk to my parents every day. I don't talk to my siblings every day. You know, well, sibling, I have one. Um, And I think it's just having that communication and checking, because when I first entered into the relationship, I was like, why do you need to know so much? It was very much like, why are you in my business? He really just wanted to know how my day was to make it better. Mm. You know, so I was like, Dominique, stop being a bum. Just, <laughs> you know, accept the love. And um, I think it's it's communication. And also, literally just, it takes two seconds to send a heart emoji. It really does. Just to let somebody know you're thinking of them. Anybody. You know, whether it's your significant other or anything. Um, and I think it's allowing your, your partner to be comfortable in making you better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like uh, there are certain moments that he knows I can I can be kind of petty, but I, I usually like to keep my petty to myself. <laughs> so he'll give me a second and then he always asks, is there anything I can do to help? And I think if we all did that in life, especially in a relationship, that's all you need to let somebody know, like, is there anything I can do to help? So if it's a yes or a no, you already know somebody has your back. <laughs> so true. 
you said something that I was actually just getting ready to tap on, which was um, where are you spiritually? I'm assuming you said Jesus, so you're a yes. Christian. Yes. Okay. Um, what does that look like for you? How have you navigated That's hard. through being a Christian and um, a gay man? It's hard because um, I feel like the people who have hurt me the most in my life have been the people who have looked like me and prayed like me. Yeah. And that's really hard to sometimes go to church and know that the person who's sitting next to you would rather you not be in existence. So me not have a voice, me not love, me not all those things. And then, you know, how people are like, well, you can love this, love the sinner, but not the sin. And it's just like, well, it's kind of hard on me. It's just like, I love you, but I don't love your color. You're just like, well, mm, that's a little. I'm a black man. Yeah, that's a little hard to. Or when people are like, well, you're one of the good ones Wait, of anything. Has said it. No. You know, I so. I know people say that, but like openly. Yeah. I have to be really um, like completely forthcoming. So I'm a Christian. We're actually all Christians yeah. in this room. But um, this is this is one. There are a few topics in church culture and in church um, that have been very difficult for me to find resolution to and mm-hmm. get past. Mm-hmm. And um, I am all for people having a voice and having an opinion. Um, but but the way that the church treats homosexuals and the narrative, like it is something that it's like I have never been able to get comfortable with it. Yeah. And it's like imagine being and imagine it's living very it. difficult for me um, to kind of work my way through that. Mm-hmm. And I know that there um, this isn't to vilify the church or anything yeah, like not. that. But, um, you know, there have been times where because of the lack of tolerance and like complete just whether it be. Um, sexism or yeah. homophobic like so many things where it's like if this is what a Christian looks like do not call me a Christian like because yeah. I do not stand for this mm-hmm. like this is something that really bothers me um, hearing you know sermons about homosexual and all that it just it always rubs me every bit of the wrong way and so how have you navigated through that with regard to are you actively in a church or are you more spiritual? Like, how do you navigate with that? And how have you come to peace with that, with your relationship with Jesus, like with your... Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Where to start? Um, yes, I go to church in Inglewood. I go to Faithful Central. Whoop, whoop. I um, keep hearing about Faithful Central. Bishop Ulmer is everything. I'm I telling you. about it. I'm telling you he's everything. It's really, it's really great. Um, it's been hard for a very long time, especially when um, I went to church in uh, Connecticut and you know it's a difference between preaching the word and preaching based on what society is doing Mm. because it's just like certain men have long hair they have long dreadlocks in certain churches that's that's a no-go you know what I mean like men wearing tight suits men and that goes back to masculinity and gender Mm -hmm. roles and all that other stuff so it's like what are you really preaching on I thought we're supposed to be in the world but not of the world but you're teaching me worldly things on the low that deal with societal and gender norms anyway uh it's been rough because there were certain times when the pastor would say like oh two men one is trying to be a woman and in my head i wanted to be like no no (laughs) not not really not really (laughs) and then i would be crying and like falling out and like people wouldn't understand why my mother would be there and she knew but she was just like god still loves you Mm. but we remained at the church until something happened to her and then she left the church so then Mm. part of me is just like wait a minute So it was okay for me to catch it, but it wasn't okay for you to catch it. And, you know, at the end of the day, 
as African Americans and as Christians and as gay people and as any co-cultural group, there's nuances in the group. Yeah. There's nuances. You know, you sure. can't just paint with a broad stroke. You know, um, it's always a rough row. But, you know, there's always the, the view where it's just like, well, if you're gay, you can't be Christian and you can't believe. But right. at the end of the day, right. I know I'm here because of my faith. Mm. You know what I mean? I know that I'm the person I am partly because of my faith, because I believe. And, you know, there's there's so many things that when you do go into church or even like in a situation like this where you're like, okay, all right, here we go. How are we going to navigate this? Where, you know, if I think if people approached the topic in ways such as this, it would be more of a conversation instead of being like, well, you know, you're going to hell or, you know, it says this, this place or this in that place. And um, we're all not perfect, but I felt like I was made perfectly in the image you know, so mm. and I, I feel like by doing this work and by talking to people and literally just leading with love is not what we're supposed to do. You know, I feel like that would be more pleasing than going out there and preaching to preaching hate to a whole bunch of people. Just saying. Love is the most powerful thing we have in this world. Right. And. I'll give you like if I were sitting next to one of my church friends and I was sitting next to Dominique and I had to choose one person that I knew I could trust and I had to pick one, I'd pick him. But the funny thing is Dominique is a church friend, low key. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, like, you, you no, I know, like, I know, I know. Me, I'm just joking. Like yeah. you feel me? Like a straight let's say the like yes. the textbook straight straight Bible Christian, Bible thumper, right? Like if I had to pick one to ride with and I knew this is the person I want, I would pick him over them any day. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, because I know the love is real, and um, it's just crazy. I think the culture has definitely the culture has definitely has some things that I think need to be addressed. And because if we if we look at all the things that are going on and the prejudice that are going on, I mean, a lot of the conversations we have, we talk about the black community. We talk about just being black men sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like our, some of our, our conversations will probably be like, "Who are you dating? How is life? Okay, whatever." And then we'll get into like really deep, like how can we shift the black culture and the way they think y'all want to win y'all want to win right like we want to win we want to win yeah then it has to be a shift of thinking and it's bigger than that like you see how they're looking at us right you see how they're treating us right you see how they're shooting us right you see how they're arresting us right then we have to come together and change the way we're thinking and, and whether you decide to go a militant route or you decide to go a loving route I think at the end of the day, we have to come together and talk about the way we think about and how we see things. And you also to piggyback off of that, you can say black lives matter, but whose lives like there's a lot of black people, black and brown people. So it's like one thousand one thousand black trans people don't matter. Black gay people don't oh. matter. Black black homeless people don't, don't matter. matter. Black poor people don't matter right. to you. And it's just like, do you want justice or privilege? You have to ask yourself that question. 1, Which one do you want? Yes, I love Brandon. these conversations because one because we get so impassioned about them but they're just important things that we need to talk about that and when things go unsaid i think then when you lack the vulnerability then yeah. the intimacy is also lacking there's no connection you don't understand all the nuances and i've learned a lot today in just how to shift thinking so these conversations are great because i think they make they're going to make people think um but can we take it like a step further because I like that. Yes, step Please. further. <laughs> I didn't know how we can get deeper, but yeah, I was ready. Like, I put my right. space suit on real quick. Right. I was putting like, on my goggles. <laughs> Houston, we're going in. But in all, and by that, I just mean, one of the things that I'm going to definitely take with me is 
you know, I want to challenge that thought. Or let me ask you a question. Yeah. What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do that. And I want us to all be able to do something based on just like the things that we've talked about now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't feel like Dominic's going to do anything different because he's just been doing it the whole right. time. Right, he's been but, living it. <laughs> but like what can, what do you think um, we can do? Or what do you wish people would do more of um, to like have these conversations and like change and shift culture? Literally love someone who does not look like you. Mm. I think um, I'm fortunate also being on the coast and, and being in the industry and meeting a lot of different people that I get to interact with people from different countries and different ways of life. And then when anybody makes an offhand or offbeat comment, I automatically put them in that situation and be like, not even if they were here or how I feel about them. I'm like, no, that wouldn't be right at all right yeah like in any situation like no let me stop you there because my boyfriend's jewish and (laughs) i didn't i didn't expect anti-semitism like i didn't i didn't really get it i grew up in connecticut working at the jcc now and then like always around you know the jewish community so when i hear certain friends even pop off and say something crazy they automatically get stopped not because i'm dating somebody who's jewish just because i love someone and have a lot of people in my life who are Jewish. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that I'm going to Columbus the fight at all, but I will ask a question or at least stand up and say something be like, ooh, you know that's problematic, right? You know that sounds a little little crazy. (laughs) You know, like, because if you're silent and complacent, that means you low-key agree. You know, and there are all times when, you know, we have family members. My father used to say some stuff, and I was like, ooh, you know, you can't say that right. You know, and then when people say like, well, there's so many terms you have to be PC. And I was like, well, when somebody goes to college and then they get their doctorate, you call them doctor, right? When somebody gets a, when somebody gets married, you start calling them by their last name. We start saying fake news and bling and nay, nay. We know the new dances and we knew the, we know the new slang terms and they're automatically introduced into our lexicon. Why can't we just apply what we know and just start using certain words like intersex or pansexual or anything like that you just have to know about it and then incorporate it just like our word of the day have a word of the day about a co-culture learn mm-hmm. about them keep it pushing absolutely you know we're not saying hermaphrodite we're saying intersex we're not saying midget we're saying dwarf and it's just it's good because the people who have been vilified or pushed to the side are now saying like no we want to be called that in its identity hmm. so all it takes is meeting somebody who's not like you and being okay with be like, I might make a mistake, please lovingly correct me, and we'll just keep it pushing. Yeah. And that's it, because there's so many times when I would tell friends, I'm like, okay, so don't say that to other people. I understand what you're talking about, but let me tell you the right way to put that. Mm-hmm. So you keep all your fronts and you're not hobbling away. <laughs> you know? Right. And that's all it takes. I know, I know we got we're running a little strong time. I just wanted to ask this before we move on to 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 some other things, but I've heard a lot about how like you're living openly and you know you like to challenge people how are you personally being challenged in your life and the way you think on a daily basis i think it's internalized uh racism and internalized homophobia all the time i mean we can like in you yeah i mean it happens all the time we can talk about um other people but for example to be like oh i'm late sorry you know i'm late because black people are late or Oh, well, you know, I had to take a nap because, you know, black people eat and then we take a nap, even though it is joking. But still, but there's it's internalized internalized, or just like, for example, it'd be like, oh, lady, you're doing too much. If you see a man like switching, you're just like, oh, ma'am, sir, calm down. As opposed to being like, no, he's just living his life. 
I have nothing to do with me. Keep it pushing. Or when you see a woman and she's not dressed the way you think she should be. And I'm just like, why not live your life? Especially, Mm. you know, uh, women of color when they're not allowed to, because of body types or whatever, allowed to fully express Mm -hmm. their sexuality. And just like, why not? Mm. Why not? It's not even in a sexual way. Why not? Mm -hmm. And I think it's been like checking myself on certain things. And then or a quick uh, pivot. Um, I was watching things about Scientology and I felt bad for thinking this. Like when the people were breaking down, I was like, this is the first time in a long time that I feel bad for privileged white people. <laughs> and like, and being open and honest about it. Like the first time in a while where I was just like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I got to clock that in myself. You know what I mean? Because when I saw them breaking down, I was just like, they're filming in a nice house right now. <laughs> I was like, and her shoes. I know what shoes those are. She's on a TV show. And then I was just like, oh, okay. So (laughs) it's just clocking those things within yourself. And I think that's been the hardest thing. Yeah. I have one quick closing question or just... um we're all gonna have like one close. I was like, I'm sorry, it's been so Here's deep, everybody. No, like, before we move on, this is so good. Um, your journey, just quickly, like, did you ever have to come out, or what was your coming out journey oh. of story? Like, did you fight with that, or did you? Was there any conflict within you? And then, what would you say to younger children or people mm. who are grappling with that at this stage in their life? I don't know if I ever did or felt the need to really. Mm -hmm. Um, I was blessed where if you didn't like me, you became unpopular. Mm. And that (laughs) that doesn't necessarily happen with a lot of different people. And it's no tap on the back. But even in college, like I I hung around the athletes. I mean, I went to a big sports school. I went to UConn. So like I was friends with like the athletes, the football players, the basketball players, everybody. Like I, I knew who everybody was. So if there was anybody who was homophobic, they weren't getting access to a whole bunch of my other friends. So it was just unpopular for them to think about that. I mean, I had one I like... I love that word. You're unpopular, by the way. Just I'm, so you know. I'm amazing. I'm just word saying. Word of the day. No. Unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't really know if I ever did a come out situation, but I think my mother had an aha moment when I accidentally fell in love with my um, sophomore roommate who was straight. And he was fi- he was fine. He didn't really care. He just, He loved me. And but I knew and I had to move away from him because I was like, this is not healthy. I don't want to be in this situation. And he was a cheerleader. So I remember watching him on TV and my mother saw how intently I was watching him, like just with love in my eyes. And she stopped and she was like, oh, you love Matt. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I do. I love shout, Matt. Shout out Matt, sophomore roommate. <laughs> you know, you know, and uh, Matt Beloin. Um, But um, I think. Yeah, I don't. I think uh, because fortunately I was successful in my career, even homophobic family members never stepped to me. Uh. I think it was a confidence slightly too. I think I just tried to always live my best life because I'm privately public and publicly private. Like nobody's going to get the full, full scope all the time because my mother said you got to keep some mystique. But. Um, yeah, for the young ones coming out, it really does get better. I was bullied. I was beat up. I was beat up by like family friends and now you know it's bad when you get beat up by family friends um like rocks thrown at me like guidance counselor didn't say anything i used to play football with everybody just as well as double dutch and then the guys used to like do late hits and i would always get hurt but at the end of the day those people don't matter Mm. they don't matter they've never mattered those people are at home not happy with their lives and i'm sitting here with you getting to tell the story about them 
So it always gets better. You just have to fight and stick it out. And you have to look for people who are going to build you up and try to steer you in the right direction. Because I'm not saying like everybody who comes into your life is not great or everybody who comes in your life means harm or good for you. You have to be very discerning, but just know that it always does get better. Listen, if you ain't encouraged, you gotta preach. <laughs> Do you have any last closing questions, Drea? <laughs> I was the only person. That did My pitter patter. I just, I just <laughs> raise your hand if ever, if you love Dom. I love everybody. Dom. Everybody, oh, everybody love friends. Dom. Thanks, friends. <laughs> And it helps to read, read, because I like to be educated. Read people read books. Both. <laughs> Both. Nice. Because um, the more educated you are, if somebody does say something offhand, you have facts. You're armed with facts. It's never just like purely opinion. You can be like, well, actually. And then that well, actually stops people dead in their tracks. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you come from a point of view of love until you have to crack somebody's face, because sometimes faces need to be cracked in the most loving way to be like, look, I'm not attracted to you because you're not cute. Your body's weird. You have no money. You're not sweet. You're mean to people. You live with your mama and you smell. Now can we be friends? And keep it pushing. And keep it pushing. <laughs> yep. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Facts. It's time for our favorite part of the show. Recent revelation. <laughs> that was brilliant. Oh. <laughs> I wanted you, you better you. you better flip that vocal. You gotta flip you. it at the end. Yeah. Mm. I'm not a singer. I'm not a singer. I'm a rapper. I wish there was like a modulation that happened, like a gospel <laughs> modulation. Oh my god. What do you have any recent revelations, Brandon? Man. I would have to say, when when the weight of the world's on your back, God's got you. That's it. Praise report. When the, when the weight of the world, the world is on your back, God's hands are right there so it doesn't crush you. He's mm-hmm. got you. It's interesting you're 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 saying something like that. Um, one of the things that I've really been uh, dealing with over the past couple weeks maybe a little longer is is just understanding that it's okay for me to have questions about things sure mm-hmm. um and god's okay with them yes like that's been like a newer thing where it's just um if you're a naturally inquisitive person or if you're a naturally um if you're like me and you're very cerebral and things need to make sense yeah um sometimes when you've been overly churched or you've been in situations that weren't necessarily healthy um, asking questions that may be a little provocative or maybe even like what people would consider like blasphemous or like sure. how do you ask that question about Christianity or yeah. about God or about this or about that um, and me just spending time with God and in prayer um, it's like understanding that he's okay with all of my questions yeah. and he built me a certain way yeah. right and so you know the way that I arrive at certain things or how I get to where I get to may look different um, than a lot of people but just that I'm not going to have shame attached to those things mm-hmm. because there are certain things that I've been grappling with or unable to kind of fall in line with where I'm just like I, f- I can't yeah. <laughs> I keep trying and I can't I, be okay with it. I just imagine you like on a treadmill or I like, just yeah. elliptical I, like like you know when you're trying to like get, get somewhere or you, you see a room full of people nodding their head and you're the one person that's like I just okay because this offense this is there's something in me in my knower right. um 
And it's so anyways, just taking that journey with God and understanding it's okay for me to ask the questions and it's okay for me to be honest with him and Mm. my fellow believers and people about where I am. And 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 it's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Understanding that's the way he made me and and we'll understand it better by and by, you know, There's Um, there's a song about it. But get the, he wrote it. Yeah, so just really like coming into a little bit of a different level of like ownership of my spirituality, of my walk with God, who God yeah. is to me, what that looks like, mm-hmm. how I represent myself at church. Like there are a lot more deep kind of questions and like things that are coming of that rather than just being more silent, being like, I don't really get it, but it's, it's probably me. enlightenment. So it's just I think it's healthy. I mean, it's your recent revelation. I just think it's healthy for us to have questions like he's he's like for his ways to not be our way or his ways to not be our ways and his thoughts to not be our thoughts i i think he would want you to have some questions to be like because if if you were just okay with everything then that means they're your thoughts mm-hmm. he's god i told somebody the other day like he is the future the present and like the past all in one well, yeah. He knows where you've been. He knows where you're at. He knows where you're going. All in this moment right here. So why would you not have questions about like, listen, God, that did not make sense. Like, I need to be like, God, why am I following? Mm-hmm. Who? Why am I following this person? Why did you bring this scripture to us? Mm-hmm. Why did they just say that? Why am I in this situation? So we can have a conversation instead of just being like, yes, Jesus, I'm going this way, Jesus. I like this person, Jesus. Yes, mm-hmm. Jesus. And Jesus is like, baby, babe, wake, baby. Baby, babe, stop saying yes. Is that how your Jesus talks? He does. <laughs> is that babe, how your Jesus? He's kind of like he's <laughs> like baby. a baby. Baby. grandmother. He's a, he's a, he's yeah. a grandma. <laughs> You're even like texting grandma. grandmother like right making, now. Making cornbread. <laughs> like shouting out the door, right? like the front, the front porch. Like door. a two two seven, that older lady who just screams out the window. Yeah, that's Jesus. <laughs> and even for me, sorry, just one thing I'm realizing about myself is there are certain levels of rigidity that, like, I just meet a where I love to think I'm just very open to all things. There are certain things that have really been challenging for me. Mm-hmm. Um, post our uh, presidential election, there yes. are certain things where it's just like I find myself being very like, and that's okay. And no, that's like okay. just yeah. I can't even like hear what's coming out. Of, where I won't even ask the questions. I'm just like, oh, you did. Oh, that's oh. what you did. Oh, okay. Oh, that sounds like right. everything I need <laughs> to know about you, right? <laughs> so just even being open to that, like I need to, like I'm working to sit down with 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 or, or at least here because not have, all judgment is bad. No, you know, but I'm not even open. Like I just have a very blanket opinion about certain types of rigid people, mm-hmm. yeah. and I need to check that. Whether that yeah. be a Trump supporter, in all honesty, yeah. or whether that be like certain people in church who I think are just like so religious in a way that I'm. It's like I don't even want to talk to you at all. Sometimes you have to plant the seed you know? in rocks and then keep pushing. So, you know, just confronting some of the areas where I'm a little less tolerant. <laughs> like for sure, for sure. Like no, you don't get to tell your story. Everybody <laughs> else can tell theirs. We don't want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> You've been silent. Please, please be quiet. You have a very no, close mind. You. Close your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I love how you said ownership of your spirituality because I just feel like we do tend to say like, okay, I'm going to go to this church, and then on Wednesday I'm going to go to church, and like you're just always like grasping at whatever anyone else is telling you to think about, and that's something that I've been really examining in my own walk. Is just like. I'm only really listening to you. I'm only really, I'm not actually living out the life 
that I feel like I have stuff going on in my life that doesn't necessarily pertain to what's happening here at church and or even on what you're you know what you're preaching about or what you're praying about and I just I don't I like the idea of taking ownership because then you're not just blindly following somebody right. you're not just mm-hmm. right you know not asking the question and and not getting deeper I feel like there's a lack of intimacy there when you're not asking the questions mm-hmm. and when you're just like blindly follow- I don't know it just I really like the word ownership. You better plug the intimacy I really episode. Like yes. that and it may be like, you know, everybody functions differently. And I believe that God can talk to us and reach us in the way that speaks to us best. And some people need very stringent structure and that works for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe of the more inquisitive bunch, we have to ask a bunch of questions to run right up into and them. Just, so to many fit, questions. just to know that. Just to know. Right. So I have many. so many okay. questions. And the one thing that I will say, though, I think we can all attest to is just you know, in the Christian faith, in your faith period, whatever that may be, your relationship and your personal ownership and responsibility is so important because the minute you put following a man, any man, any yes. one person, that is when it all ab- it, that's where it will always first, mm-hmm. first start all come way. tumbling down. And I think that's a, a lot of where our church heart comes from and a lot of things because it's like, okay, we put church all our heart. eggs in this movement, this basket, mm-hmm. this person, this pastor, mm-hmm. this deacon, this whatever. And then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden. And then one scandal will turn you away. One scandal. It's always one scandal. One and then scandal the problem with that you is. never get a second one. It's fickle. It's you know, people are fickle. And then and the bigger problem with that is, is if you haven't been doing the work for yourself, mm-hmm. then what happens is all of a sudden that scandal becomes Jesus yes. or God yep. or the whole church at large. And yep. now it's and like, listen, well, I don't want I nothing know, to do. I know so many people who are, are just just struggling off that one scandal that one happened, scandal. That happened years ago yep. you know where it's like it's you can't bad. quite get back to a church you can't quite get back to god because god let this happen because god and that's where mm-hmm. it's like okay where did i put this man this person this thing what the where, pedestal where did i do where did i put them and yeah. were they in a place it's they true. never and then you had, had to take ownership being. you have to take ownership of your the part that you played in that yes. that's right yep that's that right. i think that's really great to to talk about just the spiritual walk and Jesus, yay, we love Jesus. I love that. <laughs> no, but <laughs> what that really pointed out to me and what I have been thinking about lately is just that we just don't nobody nobody has things figured out. I think no I've always one. felt like I think I've always felt like I was behind, like I had to study harder to keep up, mm-hmm. like I had to really just read every book that I could. I had to ask questions and talk to people and just like always do the most because I just felt behind. Like I didn't I don't know as much as everyone else and I realize as I'm as I'm getting older as I'm growing in my relationship with God as I'm growing in like my career I just realize that everybody is just using what they have that's right to make decisions that are just the best at that time yeah mm-hmm. and with what they've got they just work what they got no matter yeah. like no matter what level you are like if you're a CEO if you're like an entry level you know Secretary type is at, at admin. It's just like nobody has everything figured out, and you just have to kind of rely on your wits, use your resources. That has been really refreshing to me. Learn because your lessons. Mm-hmm. I am you will the type make of person, mistakes, right? I am the type of person who wants to know it all because I feel like I'll make less mistakes yep. if I know it all, yep. mm-hmm. and then I won't have as much to learn, and I'll like excel 
more quickly. But more and more, I'm realizing that there's beauty in mistakes. There's oh. beauty in mistakes. Mm-hmm. My um, man got all the quotables. You learn, think, about the, think about the lessons <laughs> you learn. Hot moments. You learn so much, and it really sticks with you. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not just something that you read about. It is yeah. an experience that you had. It's a story that you can share, and you can pass that on to somebody. Yep. And so, like for me, I've been trying to accept like where I am and not move so quickly. Um, to be like someone else or like you know yep. what I mean just and that's the that's thing my, is that's wanting my that like linear narrative of things right we want to believe if, yeah like, I'm a linear narrative this happens and this happens or and that's in our and this is I really I think a great like tie up of this whole relationship series and just what we've been talking about whether it be your sex life um, and yeah. you thinking you need to take 15 steps to yes. have your best sex or I need to do this to then have that or right. I'm you know what I mean or your dating life and I'm reading it's we want to just know that like we can have some type of formula to yeah. somehow land on wherever we're going to end up. formulas make sense and they make you feel better. Sense. Yes. Until life. Does life. Not, life but does life does not, not work like that. That's yeah. the problem. It makes you feel better but life does not work like that. Yeah. So just really taking the time to to be authentic with where you are. Right. Be aware. Ask yourself the questions. Get to know yourself like and walk in truth of who you are when you put your best face forward you know because you can follow the formula based on what somebody else has said and be completely miserable with all the results you always wanted right you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. you can get that husband and be miserable or you can get that degree and still be miserable you can get that mansion like that's not that's not the thing it's it's you know at the end of the day do you boo boo (sighs) do you (laughs) and and hey let other people do them yes amen cheers to that Take care of yourselves. Mm, <laughs> Take care of that. each other. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. cheers to you guys. Um, thank you for coming. So thank for you. Me. That was amazing. This was really, really, really oh my awesome. Oh gosh. Really Whiskey was. and wine. I'm sorry is... we got that deep. Like, um, is this a deep? No. That needed to happen. Okay. Um, we haven't had an episode like that. I think it's great. Yep. Good. Good. <laughs> yep. I think we'll have it. I'm very happy with this. Very and I think it's a perfect bow on, it's a perfect tie of our series thanks for talking about people who do not love like you do Mm. that's part of it yeah all the quotables man (laughs) just be ready instagram ready (laughs) hashtag we read (laughs) i love it that's our hashtag okay guys well that was whiskey and wine that was whiskey and wine five episodes we did it we did do it Oh my goodness. Brendan. <laughs> no, look at us. We Thank love you. you. It's going to be so us. sad to not have you here. Oh, I know. It's going to be nowhere. First of all, Jared's my boy. I'm being here eating all the fish, all the chicken, <laughs> drinking all the whiskey. You know, all my grapes. <laughs> all my strawberries. All the strawberries. You know, you know I'd be in here with the bourbon. So I ain't going nowhere. Thank I won't be on the microphone. Here with us. But I'll be here. You guys, make sure you check out New Age Gents. It's an amazing. I don't know, movement? Is it a movement? Yeah, movement. So, yeah, it's amazing. You guys follow, need to follow, check it out. I mean, the, my tagline is actually it's more than a movement. Like, oh, it, okay. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a lifestyle, and we're redefining masculinity, and we're redefining what it means to be a gentleman with, with guys like Dominique Kelly who mm. are challenging the way we think, challenging the way we live, challenging the way we love, and making sure that we lead each day with love. I think that's what's most important. 
It's good. And with that, we're just going to close it on out. Thank you, Jarrett, for being the best engineer ever. Big dog, Jarrett. And cousin. <laughs> the best engineer and cousin. <laughs> thank you, Danielle, for always dropping wisdom. I love you. I love you too, man. And thank you guys both for coming out. Today. And thank you, listeners. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Please thank let us know what you guys thought us. about this series. We want to mm-hmm. hear from you. Shout out to us on shout out to us. <sighs> Give fine. us a shout out. It's fine. On um, Instagram, we're at DD Spin the Bottle. You can check out our Facebook page as well. We want to talk with you. We want to know more. And, and we'll be dropping details. But after you've listened to this, if you want to come party with us, Brandon Dre and I are going to be at the Tipsy Cow date to be determined. And real come quick. have some drinks with us and hang as an end of our summer series. Yeah, we should celebrate for sure. We should. Shout out to Damaris. Yeah. Damaris has come and just changed our social our media social lives, media lives, but also our personal lives. She holds it down. All the all way. the great content she's you see, all the great moments. Clearly, we're not recording because we're sitting down. No, we're not. Somebody has to be doing it. Thank you, Damaris, for catching the moments. Damaris and I Chambers. do like her nodding cosigns. Isn't she great? Yes. Like she was here mm. for the conversation mm. for yeah. a little bit. She, she was she was in it. So. I love it. Yeah. So good. All right, guys. There well, we did that thing. Bye. Bye. Johnson's out. <laughs>